So, Michelle. So, David. Right. Uh, how would you feel if your landlord just booted you out? Just booted you out? Um, I feel like it's very on brand for someone my age. <laughs> Get kicked out all the time. Yes, as an owner-occupier, I don't have that problem. <laughs> uh, but there has been a massive problem with a lease. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Russians have been booted out of their new premises. Which well, is great. The new land that was meant to have their premises on it by now. Right. And, you know, it's this big thing about how the Russian embassy, the new Russian embassy, that was meant to be built in Canberra ain't going to be built no more because the National Development Corporation or whatever it's called basically went, yeah, use it or lose it. We're saying, yeah, get out. The thing is, there is so much exciting stuff around embassies and what goes on and when they're being built that <laughs> I thought... Exciting stuff around embassies? Yeah, okay. Yeah, did, you, but, did you listen to yourself when I you said I live that? <laughs> in a blanket fort, all right? Okay, well, to make it a little bit more exciting, I want to touch on something as well, but my, I, mine's going to be assassination. Oh, oh, juicy. I mean, let's go. Okay. You're listening to I Spy, the landlord of Australian intelligence. Yeah, look, mate, I don't know. You know, I, there's a lot of blue tack behind that door. I'm just here to make you pay your rent. Yeah, the grouting's just shocking. Pay your rent. Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson and I'm here with David Callan and I know he wants to jump in on embassies because he's done some pretty deep research in his blanket fort. Yes, he lives a sad, sad life. Well, actually, I was on a flight. I I, I took two flights this (laughs) week, very long flights, and while I was on them, I spent a lot of time using the Qantas Wi-Fi to go online and uh, research embassies. But you know what? While I was doing that, I completely (laughs) missed the big story. Yeah, so the big story, which I I think we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on it, is that one of Russian's far-right ideologues, Alexander Dugan, his daughter was assassinated with a car bomb. Yeah. And this has elements of everything that we talk about. Dugan is um, Dugan. What a great name. G'day, my name's Dugan. Um, Dugan (laughs) is also known as Putin's brain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And was a very strong proponent of them invading Ukraine. Which is interesting because he's kind of like this neo-Nazi figure. He's very, very extremely right wing. Um, But the excuse they've used was, oh, well, Ukraine's being run by neo-Nazis. It's like, um, Dugan, excuse me, aren't they your people? Yes. But essentially his daughter's been whacked. Yes. So Daria Dugan, 29-year-old daughter, she's also far right and she works on television and radio and and is kind of a big proponent of all the things. She's like the female Andrew. <laughs> no, she's a female Andrew Bolt of Russia. Yeah, so she was herself a rising star in Russia's far right community. She was also a familiar face on right wing media and at far right events. Now, what happened was she jumped in her dad's car that she was leaving an event and the car exploded. Dad's car. So, but this is what the this is where the dilemma is, right? So, mm. a lot of people thought they were meant to be leaving together. So mm-hmm. either the bomb was intended just for him yep. or for him and her, yep. but they left in separate cars. Yeah. So as soon as you said dad's car, because I didn't know that little detail, as soon as you said dad's car, yes. that's like, ooh, now it's getting a bit creepy. Now, yes. the interesting thing, as uh, because of the very quick bit of research when you sprung this on me with, without telling me. Well, I just always assume that you're right across this stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> 
I can't be everywhere at You were once. too busy getting deep, deeply involved in I was, embassies. I was too busy looking at ball typewriters and how you can bug one. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the thing that I didn't know was the fact that this seems to be, as you put it, there are rogue elements yes. within rogue the elements. intelligence service yes. that are supposedly meant to be doing this. Yes. So the, what's come out of it is Ukraine, we're quick to say, we because everyone pointed their finger at the Ukraine secret Of course. Service. I mean, that's the, yeah, the logical thing is let's point at the, the guys yes. we're fighting at the moment. And Ukraine said, look, it has nothing to do with us. We are not like Russia. We are not terrorists. We would not be doing this. Yeah. Right. Now, but there are people who have come out and said potentially it's part of Putin's kind of close – Mm-hmm. close security service who may have done this themselves because they're trying to get rid of Putin. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on around yes. Putin and Ukraine at the yes. moment because there's so many articles that are coming out now basically saying they're not going to win this, right? The Ukraine Absolutely. could look to win it. And now, what is it? Zelensky's come out and said, we're going to take back the Donbass and we're going to take back Crimea. Whether this is just bold rhetoric, which it probably is, yep. but the, the interesting thing about this is this has not gone well for Vlad at all. Not at all. And also apparently Vlad is kind of unravelling and people are seeing it. So a lot of people close to him are seeing this as an opportunity to kind of get rid of him. And one way to get rid of him is cut off the snake's head, you'll get the snake. Yeah, get rid of the – well, get rid of the brain. And the other thing is – the other way to gauge just where Putin is at at the moment is how big is his furniture, right? I think he's he's probably got a couch (laughs) that's about 30 metres long (laughs) and he sits at one end and the girl sits at the other and he just flirts at a distance. The interesting thing about this is – Putin's on a hiding to nothing at the moment because he's lost control of the Ukraine situation. That yes. was meant to be a five-minute war. Oh, and it's 100%. Not. This has now become a quagmire. Yep. On top of that, Latvia are requesting the UN to declare Vladimir Putin and Russia a terrorist state. Right. right. They're trying to – so it's everything's going wrong. And the thing is, when everything starts going wrong – look at Scott Morrison – if it starts going tits up – everyone's going to start walking away from you. They're going to start turning on you. And the fact that there is the implication that the intelligence service, which is meant to be Vlad's baby, is turning on him, he's in trouble. Yeah. Now, interestingly, though, Russia's Federal Security Service, FSB, which Mm -hmm. we talk about a lot, have claimed that it was actually an agent of Ukraine's Secret Service which had planted the bomb. They claim that they have pictures of this woman who arrived with her daughter and lived in the same building Mm -hmm. as Dugan's daughter, and she was actually following them and had planted this. Now, what's interesting is the FSB doesn't have a reputation for solving political killings quickly or telling the truth. Well, funny that. <laughs> Generally because they're the ones that killed them and they don't want that truth out there. Yes. The thing that's most interesting about this is there is one other option is this guy's an asshole. Oh and yes. His daughter is an asshole. Yes. And someone's gone, I don't like assholes and I'm gonna take them out. It could have been internal it could have been an opposition a Russian opposition as well. Right. Not that they would do that. It's not well, the sort of way they play. But they ha- there has been conversations about it being part of the Russian op- opposition yeah. in Russia, like that they had planted this, yeah. that no one really liked Dugan. <laughs> well, except Vlad. <laughs> and you know what? I reckon even yeah. Vlad, Vlad didn't like him, but he's obviously a smart guy yeah. until he went, no, we've got to take out the Ukraine. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I'm looking at an article right now and it's got a photo of him and it's like, my God, you're a brain. Uh, 
<laughs> but as I describe him, he is a very uh, Rasputin-like character. Yes, so and you is. know, Rasp- the whole thing with Rasputin was this ungodly sort of influence he had over Tsar Nicholas. It could be the same sort of thing. This yep. is just somebody who has a con- you know some sort of Svengali control of Putin. Yes. I don't. I wouldn't see it that much. The way I look at Putin, Putin's all about the money and the power, and he would just be like going, you're an oligarch who works for me and you're helping me out. Yeah. Problem is, at the moment, because it's like you've got Ukraine could be on the list, FSB could be on the list, Russian politics could be on the list, just some rando who doesn't like him could be on the list. It could turn out to be just a personal revenge plot, as we said in our podcast recently about assassination. Yeah. Good luck figuring this one out. But FSB, you know, for them, I think they really want to be quick to point the finger at Ukraine because then it gives Putin a little more ammunition to say, this is why we're invading them. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, the FSB, It's everyone's got a scapegoat in this one. This is the great thing. 100%. Everyone can just shift the blame onto the next player and away we go. And the circle goes on. To me, this is something really worth watching over the next yes. couple of months. And I think we'll we'll tap back into it because I think there's going to be a lot of fallout from this. There will be a lot of fallout. But what's really interesting is watching how quickly or slowly the investigation unfolds. They said, it went, they said the investigation went too quickly for the FSB. Too quickly for the FSB. <laughs> Too quickly. They solved it within two days, which they said is really unheard of. <laughs> the FSB solved it in two days? Yes. Then they totally did it. Yes. Right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's what they're saying. They had, they had, they've got pictures of the woman that they claim is Ukrainian and all of this stuff that they claim have pointing to this Ukrainian Does she woman. have a T-shirt with Ukraine? <laughs> yeah. I'm a Ukrainian spy and I'm here to kill someone. <laughs> yeah. Look, honest to God, this is one to watch. I yes. really believe this is definitely going to be one to watch. Now, let's get on to the really exciting story. I can't wait. Embassies. Please. Right. So- the Russians wanted to build a new embassy because, as they've just someone described it, the Russian embassy in Canberra is the oldest and ugliest building in the place. <laughs> they even did a refurbishment of it, and everyone went, "That really didn't help." Is that because Russians just wanted to fit in with where they're from? Well, no, probably, but also it's just a really old building. They've been there since the fifties. But like, I also can't imagine Russia being on the precipice of architectural genius. Yeah, that that whole <laughs> brutalist Bauhaus kind of style of you know rent concrete yeah. and nothing else with yeah. the rust pouring down the sides, definitely in. Now, interestingly enough, there seems to be two schools of architectural mm. design uh, or embassy design, either really amazing and very culturally appropriate yep. or just god-awful. Yep. And, and to be perfectly honest, the other embassy in Canberra that just makes me go, why, is the Chinese embassy. And this all comes in. The Chinese embassy is a really good story, but when you drive past it, it's meant to look like the Forbidden City, but it just looks like a really bad Chinese takeaway. It's just, <laughs> just like a – dude, it's just – it's yellow – why yellow brick? And it's, that's the other thing. The blonde bricks are the ones that yep. they built the – Russian embassy out of back in the sort of like 40s or 50s. Yeah. So the whole thing is the Russians were building a new embassy and they had prime real estate right next door to the US embassy, which is on Adelaide Avenue. And mm-hmm. you know, beautiful. I love the, the US embassy. You used to drive past it and it was this great southern plantation mansion sitting on a hill with yep. rolling green lawns. And now it's rolling green lawns into a tank trap and these massive walls because the security's gone up the wazoo. Yeah. But they had this beautiful spot that gave them a view of the US Embassy, a view of Parliament House, and a view of Black Mountain Tower. You know the yeah. telecom tower on- uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I Telestra- grew up- Sorry. 
Telstra Tower. I know. I grew up in Canberra and uh, Telecom, now Telstra Tower, is where we used to sit and drink as teenagers. But anyway. You too. <laughs> yeah. Everyone did that. Yeah. That and that little peninsula just at the bottom <laughs> of Black Mountain. You'd sit yeah. there at the lake and someone would always wind up in the water. Yep. So the whole thing is they were building this embassy. Now, a lot of people were really quite upset about this because they're like going, hang on, you're giving them direct line of sight of Parliament yeah. House, direct line of sight of the US Embassy and direct line of sight of Telstra Tower. Yeah. And this could be a major problem with communications intercept because the Russians are incredibly good at this It's stuff. weird that no one thought about that. Yeah, but it also – I think it might have also been that thing of we're all friends now. Oh, right. Because here's are the we? thing. That, yeah, well, <laughs> are we? Well, yeah. we're not anymore. No. And the other thing was they were given the land and there's a thing called the embassy pool. Yeah. And no, it's not where you all sit around wearing robes and drinking cocktails and speaking foreign languages. It's a pool of land that they yeah. can give to embassies because there's quite – there's – 327 foreign missions in mm. Canberra. That's a mm. lot of premises, right? So they have this pool of land that they can extend out to anyone. So what happened was they gave them the land 14 years ago on the proviso that it would be built in two years. Yep. Uh, turns out it wasn't built. They haven't done anything in there. Now, one of the things they did was they suddenly turned around and went, the Russians turned around and went, well, we can't build anything at the moment because we can't trust any Australian builders. It's got to be Russian builders. Yep. To which <laughs> Foreign Affairs turned around and went, no, you're not bringing in all of your FSB guys to yeah. just live in a building site no. and spy on us. Yeah. <laughs> but there is precedent for that. Because one of the things that happens when the Chinese drive-through takeaway and embassy was built just behind the British High Commission in Canberra, yep. their old one was an old hotel out in Watson, old, mm. old motel actually. Yeah. But and look, it got bugged up the wazoo. There were holes in the walls everywhere where there were bugs. But essentially, what happened was when they built this embassy in Yarralumla, ASIO worked out a plan to bug it. They literally lined the entire building with fibre optics. Okay. Right, the whole thing was lined with fibre optics. Now, interestingly enough, to me, it would have been something that ASIO would have kept hold of. And this was going on just as I was leaving the organisation. Mm. And I didn't know much about it. It was, You don't need to know it wasn't part of my wheelhouse. But one of the tech guys was really upset. Like, you know, we've got this great operation, but we're not going to get any, any further with it because we need five lampposts, mm. you know, telegraph poles, which I just went, well, just get five. And, we yeah. don't. and I went, what's the problem? We don't have the budget. And essentially what sounds like happened, when you look at the history of this operation, was suddenly the Americans got involved, the NSA got involved, and it went live. So what happened was this fibre optic network in the embassy was beaming information to a receiver in the back of the British High Commission, which is right next door, which was then being fed to the NSA at the US Embassy, and the NSA were looking at all this intelligence. The big problem with it was they wouldn't share it unless they thought we needed it. Right. So we put this thing together, and oh. then the Americans went, yeah, well... Yeah, you can have a little bit. It's like, we did all the work. I mean, that is very American. Now, it also lie. became very controversial because the whole thing about that was it turns out that, you know, there were trade and economic yeah. intelligence that were coming through mm. that we weren't getting. And there was that idea that the Americans are actually taking our staff, yeah. like taking this intelligence and then using it to gazumpus with trade deals with China. Yeah. But this all came out in 1995. It was all revealed. And in fact, recently, not recently, but about 10 years ago, the Chinese actually went, yeah, they did it. All right. Now, interestingly enough, they regard this bugging of the Chinese embassy. That, that was the goad that led to the Chinese stealing the plans to the ASIO building. Right. right. The new ASIO, the Ben Chifley building in Canberra. Now, what happened was the plans were stolen. Now, everything was firewalled except the builder's computer. 
Yes. So they stole the blueprints off his computer. And then when they found out that the Chinese had it, the big problem with that was they realised that they've got the layout, not just the layout of the building, the layout of the wiring. Which is not helpful. So they, the reason why they couldn't use the building for the first two years of its existence, Kevin Rudd opened it yeah. and then no one moved in for two years because they had to gut the building from the inside oh. and rewire it. I mean, this whole thing is hilarious, but yeah. getting back to the to the Russian plot of land, well, yeah. the plot of land in Canberra that's meant to be for the Russian embassy. Now, NCA, the National Capital Authority, has cancelled the lease because of its use it or lose it. Yep. And what I find interesting is now Ukraine is looking to I love the plot that. of land. Yeah, our revenge, <laughs> you invade our country, we're going to invade your plot of so land. So the Ukrainian ambassador who's currently here to look at defence supplies says his government will formally apply for the Yarralumla site and there is no sweeter irony oh God. than Ukraine applying for the site. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But, I mean, when you look at this is the thing, who is going to build their embassy? Yep. Because the building of an embassy is a really, really important thing. When Petrov defected, the Russians the at the time, mm. the Soviets, pulled out their diplomatic mission. Yep. No consular services, no ambassador. Yep. Right, they pulled them all out. Yep. While they were pulled out, Australian intelligence, ASIO, went into <laughs> the premises and they realised this is one room where they would discuss everything. So yep. they wired it. They bugged that room up the wazoo. Yep. It was totally wired. You couldn't fart in there without them knowing about it. And, you know, who wants to know that? Yeah. When the Russians came back, I think it was about two or three years later, they switched it on, right? They went, right, it went live, boom. Not one word was ever spoken in that room. Not one <laughs> word. The Russians would have gone, mate, they must have wired this place. Yeah. They would have had a separate room for it that wasn't wired. So it's all these games keep getting played and to what end? To what end is intelligence? And this is my favourite. When I said I was, you know, I got right into the- Oh, my God, I can't wait for you to deep dive on whatever it is you're going to deep dive the on. The inner workings of a, an IBM ball typewriter. <laughs> Now, um, the, when I say deep dive, people, he literally goes deep. I've taken apart a typewriter this week <laughs> just to see how it works. Right? Oh, that bit. Oh, that one bit. Oh, okay. Right. So, some people have lives. Uh, and some people have a life <laughs> and have time to read. Um, and thank you, Salty T-Zog, Loop Disconnect, and everybody else on our Twitter feed at iSpy Podcast who keeps sending me reports to read. I love it. It's, I love it. Literally, I just get, here's 127 pages on the yes. Chinese embassy. Read it yes. now. Oh, God, okay, I will. <laughs> the American embassy in Moscow is a really, really great benchmark. All right, mm. Now, we've talked about how they bugged the place and they put walls slightly out of alignment with too much reinforced concrete, yep, yep. beaming microwaves in and, and all that sort of stuff. And we've talked about how, like, windows have fallen out. Oh, all that stuff. Yep. Now, here's the great one. There were two really good cases, right? One is the Great Seal. The Russians, back I think it was in the 70s yep. or maybe the 60s, presented the US ambassador with a beautifully carved seal, you know, the American seal. Yep. You know, the eagle and the claws and all that sort of yep. this beautiful wooden seal. They presented it to him and he was he loved it so much he hung it up in his office. It was bugged. Yeah, it course. had a massive bug in the back. I of mean, it. it's like everything that you're given is a Trojan horse. Why do you not understand <laughs> did, this? Did you think to check this? <laughs> did you think to just? I don't understand. Just give it a quick sweep. Yeah, you a... have you have the technology. But here's the interesting thing: if mm. it's a remote device, you can switch it on and off, right? One of the things that's right. really interesting at the moment now is basically with yes. the SIM card technology now, you can create a bug that's really really tiny, mm. and you can switch on and off remotely. Right. You literally amazing. You phone it, it starts. You switch it yeah. off. Now here's the great one: the Americans were sort of like digging around in their embassy and they found a chimney, a hidden chimney. Okay. Well, 
what's in here? And they opened the chimney and they found an antenna in it. Okay. That could be remotely lifted out of the chimney. Oh, my God. This is like something out of Get Smart. <laughs> oh, no. It gets better. It gets so Did they much- talk into shoes as well? Like, what's going on here? This gets so much deeper. Yeah. Right. And then it, it can lift up and drop down. And yeah. it was a, a very specific radio frequency that it would pick up. Like, it's very high frequency yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. radio traffic. Right. So, there's this aerial. And what, what's this doing here? And eventually, the NSA went, we're going to take every piece of electrical equipment out of the embassy and send it back to America to be scanned. So they did. They literally took everything That's that so ran crazy. on electricity out so of the building crazy. while bringing replacement pieces for everything back, right? Yep. And this NSA tech went through all the tech, uh, yep. all their equipment and found an IBM ball typewriter. One of those typewriters back in the day it had a little ball instead yeah. of lots of keys. It had a little ball that would jump around. Okay. He had a look at that. He found that there's an aluminium rod that supports the frame of yep. the thing. He took that out. And he was like, what's going on here? This is mm. really – it's it looks right, but there's something wrong. Takes it out, opens – he finds that it's not a solid bar of aluminium anymore. It's got a circuit board inside it. Right. The springs that attach to that are actually conductive springs that are taking a low-power battery, like charge from a yeah. battery, a battery that – is hidden in the electrics of the farm, sending it up to that. Now, what would happen was this thing would record every keystroke on that typewriter. Yeah. Right? So every time. Oh, my God, that is clever. Right. Now, it gets better. Then what happens was it would go, you know, it would record it all into that chip, into that circuit board. That circuit board, at a given time, the television station in Moscow would send a signal out, a carrier wave, their normal carrier frequency. The carrier frequency for the transmitter in the typewriter was the same wavelength. So you would not detect it. As soon as you you switched it on, you couldn't detect it because there was a carrier wave going on. That carrier wave would send to the antenna in the chimney, which had been raised, and it would beam it across the street to Our Lady of Telemetry, the church that the basically the KGB had used as the listening post. That is it, so crazy. It was just – and the great thing is the, CIA, uh, the NSA tech basically turned around and said, at that moment when he finally pulled this thing apart mm. and realised the intricacy of this bark. Yes. So intricate. He just went – I have nothing but respect for these guys to have gone that far I know. and gotten that deep. And how have we not solved existential crises like- The common cold. You know, like if they could do that, imagine what they could actually do if they put their powers yeah. for good. Hey, Mr. Engineer, <laughs> you want to do something about renewable power? Yeah. Too busy playing with typewriters <laughs> in my blanket fort. I'm like, imagine if we solved, you know, I don't know, the climate crisis. Oh, yum. It could be done. You know, it wouldn't take that long, would it? But too busy doing this. Yeah, but this is the thing. I mean, yep. the information you get. Now, I'm not sure whose typewriter it was. I don't know, but I love this story. But I'm going to guarantee it's going to be someone, either it's going to be the, the station, yes. the CIA station chief secretary's yes. typewriter or the ambassador secretary's yeah. typewriter. Right, it's going to be someone important. So this is the thing that I always find really exciting about these stories yeah. is the amount of technology and the amount of engineering and the amount of just rat cunning. Yeah. The other one was when the Americans, we talk about how the Americans got the Russians to build their embassy and then it just became yes. a listening post. It was my favourite. What I didn't know about this was the head of the KGB mm. called the US ambassador into his office. He went, I want a meeting with you. And the US ambassador was like, are you crazy? He went, oh, we are going to have a meeting. We will have a meeting. You will be here. Yeah. Right? So he shows up and sitting on the desk of the head of the KGB, 
are a series of different listening devices, some of which is technology that the ambassadors went, it, it really was space-age tech. Yeah. We had no idea. And, he, and the, the head of the KGB went, well, what do you think? And he went, oh, very impressive, sir. And he went, they're all through your embassy. And he oh, went, what? what? And he went, these are the bugs we have placed in your embassy. Good luck. It was literally, that's how absolutely convinced they had the Americans absolutely bamboozled, that they went, that's in your walls. Good luck. Okay, I don't understand why. Why? Because it basically meant the Americans would spend the next year tearing that building down. See, now it cost them- These are like games that they're playing with each other. It's called the great game for a reason. Right. The other thing was you're so busy tearing your building apart- You're not noticing the other stuff that's going on around you. Your operations are falling apart. Right. And it also means, I mean, the classic was when a US diplomat would leave the Mm. embassy compound in Moscow, they would literally say to the Russian guard, just tell the KGB I'm going down to the shops to buy some milk. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or I can remember one point where a diplomat who was trying to get somewhere stopped the car. And when the other car pulled up behind him, he basically got in his car, like got out of the car, walked up to the other car, knocked on the window, and the mm. guy wound it down. And he went, "Look, you're following me, but I don't know where I'm going. So can you? Fo- can I follow you?" <laughs> and the KGB guy went, "Yeah, sure, fine," and guided him to where he wanted to be. See, I love these stories. I think these stories are great. See, this is the thing that I, I always found really interesting. Was do 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 you think they become friends? Like when they, even though they're working on the opposite side, like if they spend a lot of time like doing stuff like this, I I'm honestly believe there is some sort some form of Stockholm syndrome. I mean, yes. there's that classic thing where, you know, you as a soldier you're taught to hate. Yeah. Right. Um, you're taught taught to hate the enemy. But of course, you know, there's all those wonderful stories where people caught in the same trench or in a minefield yes. or you know, yep. the, the two opposing soldiers stuck in a shell yeah. hole and like no why are we land. doing this? Why are we doing this? You know, I have a family, you have a family, yep. you know, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're basically people. I think in the intelligence world, man, I want to beat you. But it's like football players as well. Mm. I want to beat you. And you know what? When we're on the ground, you're dead meat to me. Yep. But as soon as the game's over, let's go have a beer. Yeah. And I think there is – I would guarantee there's a lot of that. But the thing is with embassies, that's the, the football pitch. Yes. That's where you're playing the game. It is. And, I mean, the fascinating stuff about it is the game is getting weirder and weirder. I mean, we've now got the thing with Havana syndrome, mm. which – and we we have it. We, we, we may be able to talk to somebody who suffers from Havana syndrome. I am I'm excited if we can make this happen. Oh, well, yeah, it's going to take hard, it's yeah. going to take a while, but it uh, will. we'll get this guy. He's he's a ex American intelligence officer who may be suffering from Havana syndrome. But that's basically they can't even figure out what it is. Yeah, because some are saying it's microwave technology. Some are saying it's LRAP. Someone said it's probably a cricket. Yeah. Like, because there's this sound that occurs and then you start to feel sick. You have sleep problems. It's crazy. It's crazy, but no one can actually identify what this thing is. And also the thing that I find really fascinating about it is, you know, these people talk about how, you know, I was in a hotel room Mm. or I was at home and this has happened to me, but no one else in the house is affected. Yes. Right. So it's like, you know, it's a really directional attack, whatever it is, if it is an attack at all, or it's just a lot of people with hypochondria. But this is the really interesting thing is they're trying to figure out more and more ways of compromising your premises because that's where the secrets are. Yes. And I think, I mean, we'll definitely, hopefully if we get this guest on, because due to the syndrome, there are very, it's very specific about how we can hook up with this person, but we We can't shout at him or lose freaking out. (laughs) We can't talk to each other. No, so we'll we'll definitely try and tap into that a little more when and if we get this guest. Yeah. But back onto embassies, what do you think is going to happen in Canberra? Well, it's going to go back to the pool. 
right now. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is the Russians can reapply. They can literally say, look, we're really sorry about that. We, you know, um, this war started and I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's be honest, they are quite distracted at the moment. But the problem is- But they so had- is Ukraine and they had they they had plenty of opportunity to put their hand up. So. Yeah. They had 14 <laughs> years to get this done. It's the use it or lose it. It's I the like, use it or lose it. I love that that's what it's called. I do like the fact that <laughs> yeah. that's literally, you know, how Australian. Yeah, I know. Yeah, use it or lose it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, I can't see them giving it back to the Russians. No. I don't know if they give it to the Ukrainians either. No, I mean, because it, they don't really want to piss off Russia. I mean, they don't like Russia, but they don't want to piss them off. I don't think it's even a case of that. It's just this is prime real estate. There are probably more worthy candidates in yeah. the world for this. I mean, when I think about where all the embassies are, I mean, like the Japanese embassy looks like a Japanese garden and the Thai yeah. embassy looks like a Thai longhouse and where mm-hmm. the Italian embassy looks like some piece of brutal – actually, it looks like a primary school. Concrete? Yeah, it's concrete. It, it looks like a <laughs> – it's right next to a school on – Yarra Glen, and you look at it, your Adelaide Avenue, you yeah. look at it and go, oh, yeah. I want something more Italian. Like- no, Ita- every Italian home I know in Sydney is just a concrete. concrete. It's just concrete and iron bars. Like, yeah. that's it. I want it to look, I really want yeah. it to look like Florence because that, to me, that's my jam. Florence okay. is my jam. Okay. Uh, I walked into Florence and I was there for five minutes and I looked at my wife and she went, Yes, David, when the boys leave home, we can live here for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> right. So th- I think they would probably be looking at a more worthy candidate. I mean, the interesting thing is that at the moment, the Chinese have been building an annex onto their Because they their need embassy. more space. They need more space. Well, they're growing. And also they want to take the Taiwanese embassy. No, that's yeah, uh, Taiwan does not have a diplomatic mission. <laughs> no, yet. no, no. Right. Now, the whole thing is they've been building their new annex and because of what happened when they built the new embassy, basically they've said, no, we're going to bring in our own workers. Right. What's been exposed is somebody flew a drone over it, shot down, and now the Chinese are being held up for occupational health and safety breaches and also treatment of their workers. Because they're probably living in the Probably living on the building site. site. And like the classic was, there was like a two metre, two and a half metre deep trench and guys just in there with shovels digging, no helmets, no high vis and no no safety at all. Oh, no. Have you you been to China? Like that's not how they do things. Exactly. So it's like that, but again, it comes down to that thing and if you listen to our little bite size about embassies, the fact that it is kind of sovereign soil. Yes. But you still have to abide by the laws of the country yes. you're in. So, Russia out. Ru- I reckon China- Russia's gone. I, I mean, reckon- it, could, it could be a good opportunity to kind of bridge a few things with China. Yeah, but they've got their occup- – where they are, they don't want to – they no, wouldn't want to move. move. And, okay. I mean, they've spent a lot of time making McNoodles look great. <laughs> That's what I call it. I call it McNoodles and everyone just goes, you're so racist and horrible. I'm like, yeah. but it looks like a restaurant. Like a, It looks like a, a Chinese restaurant. China. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, and, you know, I apologise if there's someone out there that spent a lot of time designing it, but it just felt like someone took a government house and slapped a Chinese roof on top right. of it. That's my opinion. Don't at me or at me. No, please add him, add him. So anyway, that's a good that's a good thing to watch, I think. Keep an yeah. eye out on like who's going to take this lease over. Yeah, I'm going to run a sweepstake on it okay. um, and the winner will get an Ice Bide podcast I reckon, stubby I holder. I reckon it's Salty Dog or whatever he's Yeah, he'll know it. Yeah, right, one of those guys. It's going to be right up his alley. Yeah, right up his alley. Yeah, so that is basically it. Guys, with embassies, if you work in one, get ready to be absolutely scrutinised by everybody living Outside it. Yes. Oh, and one more thing. A typically Australian thing. A kangaroo tried to break into the Russian embassy. Oh, yes. That I was just great. I saw that and went. I know. I went, I can't talk about that. 
yeah, I've got to mention it. Yeah. Bless. Skippy was gone. Kept oh, trying to get in. Yeah. Kept trying to get in. But, you know, did not. Yeah, because there was a lovely Russian rat. <laughs> <laughs> Come, be my friend. <laughs> All right, you look a bit cute.